What's up, guys? Welcome to this podcast. My name is Saul Monali at Saul Monali NBA on Twitter. Here, joined by Rahil Ramzanali of Radio and TV. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, so I promised you guys that I'd do two podcasts this week to make up for not uploading on time. Um, I uploaded on t- on Tuesday instead of Monday. So we're going to do two episodes this week. Episode two is right now. Uh, and we're going to be talking Jane LeGreen today because I feel like I haven't done like an extensive talk about how uh, Jalen Green has performed this season. He's the Rockets' second overall pick. And like I feel like so much hinges on like the Rockets getting this pick right they have to they have to get this pick right and like I, I feel like so much of, of what their, their season hinges on getting right so I guess let's start here what have you thought of Jalen Green's season so far okay so before I answer that I want to go back to what you just said like so much hinges on Jalen Green being a, a hit right for them to improve not only you know this season of course we know it's a throwaway season right like they weren't supposed to be that good anyways but for the future right but i think the emergence of what uh what kpj has been doing what jay sean tate has been doing some of the other younger guys stepping up it's not all on the shoulders of jalen green right and then we'll see what happens of course with the draft pick this year so uh, as much as as much as it does hinge on him I don't think it does. Like it's not the end of the world if let's say he isn't the next job Morant, right? Or and if he's just a good player, I think it's okay. Uh but you want him to be the next job Morant because of where he was drafted. I agree with that. But I don't think their success hinges on him being as great as some of these other guys, Anthony Edwards even, I want to throw in there. So I, I just want to say that because they're in a different position than some of those other teams. Well, here's why I disagree. So they only have a few first-round picks left before they start forfeiting these picks to Oklahoma City, right? A few of their own first-round picks. So, like, they have such a limited opportunity to hit on these first-round picks. And this particular draft class has looked stacked. Like, especially that top five. Like, you're talking, obviously, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner's even looked really good. Like, it's looked really great and if houston like comes out of that draft without like an all-star caliber player like a player that eventually becomes an all-star i think it's it's like rightfully a failure like it's like they had such a great opportunity to draft a player and here's what i'll say i think i've like i'm not underwhelmed i'm not uh, i'm not like um like ecstatic i'm just whelmed like i think i think i'm fi- i'm fine with what they've with what what they've got this first season with with jalen green like i think he's been kind of exactly what i would have expected of him you know there are some qualms i have with this game and we'll talk about talk about that in a second but like i don't it really depends on what lens you want to view like what kind of expectations you had of him going into the season so yeah are you disappointed are you are you underwhelmed like what's been your impression of him so far so far i've been i i'm, I'm like you like there have been moments where i'm like wow like the, you know he he is going to be a great player in this league and then there's moments where you go hey look he's a 19 year old right and he hasn't he hasn't found a consistent shot um so going into the season you and i previewed this right we talked about it jalen green versus mobley and i was on team green you were on team mobley and for me, like just watching Green play with the Ignite and seeing some of the tendencies that he had, I was like, okay, look, this season, I think this is what's going to happen. He's going to be an explosive athlete. He's going to have a tough time finding his shot, and I think he's going to have a he's going to have a hard time, 
getting as many consistent touches that end up with something positive because he's he's just it, like the speed of the game is just too fast for him right now, right? So that's what I thought was going to happen. And so far, there have been moments where I'm like, I'm right. And there have been moments where I was wrong. His shot, right? Like immediately out of the, immediately out of the gate, that Boston game where he goes eight for 10 from three, we're like, whoa, whoa well, look at this. What look, his shot looks nice. And then, you know, it's been kind of hit or miss. He had a five for 10 against the Lakers, I believe. And then it's been kind of like, it's not steady, right? So that's something that you can improve on. Shooting wise, I think you can always improve, right? Um, the other thing, like the game being too fast for him, there are moments, I, I, the Golden State game, for example, the, the most recent one, right? Where he takes his time on, on some pick and roll action and he gets to the hoop and then he rushes the layup and misses just point blank layups. I think that's correctable. Um, the one thing I do want to see more from him, and I think this will happen more as he gets more touches, and I think they want him to score right now, the Rockets do, but I think his assist could be higher. I think he could do a better job of getting more assists. When he does get nice assists, you're like, man, he can see the court pretty well. So that's something that you can implement a little bit more. So I think there's a lot of room for growth, obviously, but it's not the end of the world. Like everyone's panicking, like, oh no, Jalen Green is done after 47 games. And, you know, he missed, what was it, 11 games, I believe. So it's like, let everyone relax. It's going to take some time. Yeah, so here's what I'll say. I think you have a right to be... Uh, both disappointed and kind of non like non moved on Jalen Green. Mm -hmm. I think I, I think you can you can take both positions. I, I I don't think you can take the position of like oh my god I'm he's exceeding my expectations. He's not exceeding anyone's expectations, right? I think that's that's fair to say. Um, I think so. It, it again like when I said it depends on what lens you view him on. Like if you're comparing him to his peers right now, you're gonna be disappointed. Right, like if you're comparing him to Mobley, if you're comparing him to Cade, if you're comparing him to Wagner, if you're comparing him to Suggs, like you're, those guys are playing better than him, and you're gonna be like, you're gonna be disappointed. But if you're comparing him to other elite shooting guard prospects, 32 games in, into their career, right, like which I, I did, like I went back and I looked up how those shooting guard prospects were compared to Green. He's about in line with those guys. Like this is yeah. like a, a median like level outcome. When you're talking like Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Zach Levine, like those kinds of shooting guard prospects that I think, you know, he is more likely to turn into, this is how they perform. Like and he actually has like a, a greater leash to make mistakes than some of those guys. A lot of those guys were coming off the bench and he is he's starting and he's making a lot of his mistakes which i think helps right like he has such a long leash from the coaching staff he's playing 30 minutes a game he has like a 24% usage so he has that leash and i think if you if you expected him to come into the season uh you know dropping bombs in the rookie of the year race hyper efficient score like that's i just think that that's like the high end of outcomes like right that's that's him like that's him absolutely hitting on all cylinders and this is just him being what you expected. So I, I'm not like I view him as the same level of prospect as I did on draft night. I guess I view uh, the players around him as higher is what I would say. Yeah, I, I think that's that's fair. Right. And we, we are currently in a stretch of games for him where it just seems like it's so bleak. Right. But when you get out of this stretch of games, I'm starting this stretch uh, starting against the Dallas uh, Friday night game on the seventh, right, where he had 12 points. But before that, his last five games were 24, 16, 29, 12, and 22, which is a 
pretty good stretch of games, right? No, they were all losses. I get it, but I'm not holding. I'm not holding that against Jalen Green. But we're just in a really bad stretch, and it just seems like the world is falling apart. So I want to point out something positive that I, I really like from Jalen Green. Even during these tough stretches where he's not hitting threes, he's going 0 for 11 against the Warriors. He's still in the game making plays, right? Like you go back to when it was tied 103-103 against Golden State, he gets a huge offensive rebound. Now, if he was mentally fried and just kind of out of the game, he probably doesn't go for it, right? Like some of those younger guys don't make that extra effort. And he's still making that extra effort. So it, I do like seeing little things like that from Jalen Green that gets me excited that it's okay. Like he's doing mentally, he's fine. He's not checking out of games. And I like seeing stuff like that. Yeah, and like like last night he went 0 for 11, and like when he was like 0 for 5, he kept on shooting, right? He mm-hmm. he he didn't let that get to him, and I think that's important, man. Like I think it's important that he his confidence. I don't think it's it's fried at all, and I think the coaching staff is enabling him to continue to take yeah. those shots and and make those mistakes. And you know, I I guess like here's a question: like what like you you mentioned his confidence is still there. Like that's one of the the reasons you're most impressed with him. Like has anything else in his game? Like stood out to you as like wow, this is better than what I expected him. Yeah, I think uh, is his just athleticism overall. Like I, I didn't, I knew he's athletic, and I know he's just an explosive player. But to see it against other really talented players in the NBA, where you're just like wow, like he he just stands out when he's doing certain things, right? Um, I went to the Dallas game and just seeing up close in person, and just seeing like the strides that he took, just kind of seeing some of the angles that he was taking. Now, I know he didn't have a huge game, but just seeing some of the things that he was doing, I was like, wow, like this is going to be great. This is something that is going to hold on for a while. Right. And it wasn't just against uh, G League players. So that was something that I've been impressed with. I've been impressed with his confidence, like you mentioned, uh, for sure. I'm impressed with his patience on offense. And this is something we talked about before. Like, uh, I I like that he doesn't have to get every single shot. He, you know, when when his play is called he's ready to go and he's patient with it at times um i I do like that and you know that's something that you can still build upon and you're going to get better and better but it was fun seeing you know it is fun seeing some of those traits right now from such a young player who's again he he, this is his first season he's 19 like it it's going to be okay like we all have to take a deep breath because it seems like the world is falling apart on twitter and i get it twitter's not the uh, end all of all basketball conversation but man Rockets fans are panicking and it's like just <laughs> deep breath deep breath yeah and, and for those Rockets fans again like I would go back and I would do what I just told you like go comparing them to those yeah. other guys right like because those guys it takes a long time for these prospects for these sort of prospects like uh Devin Booker is is, is a guy that, that probably exceeded expectations coming out of the game like he was insane like his first 30 games he was like 60 percent true shooting and like it got to a point where the Suns had to go ahead and start him because he was just playing so unbelievable mm-hmm. but like that that was you know that was not the norm the norm is like these prospects are pr- relatively inefficient they're bad at defense and like that's kind of like what you should expect and when it, when it, in regards to green like I, I agree with a lot of what you just said like a, a lot of what we thought about him during the draft just being confirmed like he is hyper athletic right he has that great he has a great bounce he has a great first step like you know that yes that that first step is killer and it's gonna it's a big reason he was selected where he was selected because you can build off that in so many different ways um one one thing I've, I've been impressed by but that i didn't really think too highly of him when i was watching him with the ignite 
his passing and more particularly like his interior passing like he keeps his head up right like this is something like if you grew up playing basketball as like a guard like you were always told to keep your head up right like don't look down at the ball don't have blinders on keep your head up look forward see if there's passes to be made forward right and he does that he keeps his head up he finds big men all the time for like wraparound passes or like lobs like he yeah. he, he he's not spraying the shooters yet like that that's a really difficult like advanced level of passing like that's something Harden had like right away like he doesn't have that yet but like if you're talking about like the basic reads like he's making those right away and I, I didn't see him making a lot of those with the ignite that's something I didn't know he had yeah and that's why I say I, that's why one of my one of my knocks on him so far is I wish he would get more assists. Like I, I wish he's looking for some of those next level passes, right? Like being able to read those defenses on the fly and and seeing that okay, if you know player X's guy is off of him and he's near me, that means player X is open, right? So whipping that around to uh, to the perimeter, so stuff like that. Like I want to see more assists from him because again, I, I was impressed. I was impressed by his passing so far. And, I, and I'm like, wow, like he really is seeing the court a lot better than I thought he would. So you're right. The other thing um, that I want to see more of from somebody this athletic, and maybe this is just being spoiled by guys like Russell Westbrook and other high rebounding guards. I want to see more rebounds from him. I want to see him more active on the boards, right? Like he, I don't think a guy that good who's on the court for that many minutes should ever be leaving a game with just two rebounds, three rebounds, to, you know, four rebounds. Like, I want him consistently in that five to seven range. And I think that would be something that you can do right now, right? That, that's something he can immediately do. You're on the court, just make that extra effort on rebounding because right now he's only averaging three rebounds a game. So it's just th th those are little things to, to look at, but I want to see more of that from him. Yeah, that rebounding is such a great point. Like he has to get to a point where he's averaging like five to six in his career. Yeah. Like that that has to be the norm. And like, you know, on, on his best nights, he's getting like eight to eight to ten. Like that's that's what you're talking about in terms of like his level of athleticism. There's no reason he shouldn't be getting more rebounds. Uh now to be fair, the Rockets have like a ton of bigs, like crowding that paint. <laughs> like yes. they they have like you know, a lot of a lot of players that are gobbling up those rebounds. So maybe as the Rockets kind of even out their roster, you know, he gets to that five to six range. But he he does need to put the effort in and still get those boards. Like they, that offensive rebound that you mentioned, like that's something we need to see more of from him. Yeah, absolutely. So that's you know th those are those are little things that will will make him stand out more and just make him more valuable when he's on the court. Because right now, he's look, the offense isn't going through him, right? And yes, they run plays for him. And yes, there are moments where it goes through him. But he's not the focal point yet. So while you're still out there, like what else can you do to help, right? And I think his defensive effort, let's talk about his defense so far. There are moments where you go, man, like this guy's going to be really good on defense. And then it, maybe it's just being on a team that's not really good defensively and maybe bad habits are picked up. Um, there are moments you go, oof. This is not going to be good. This is not going to be good on defense. Yeah, like the the defense. I never expected this to be a strong point for him, and he's been just about as bad as I predicted. Like he, yeah, he, he he's just he's just not that aware. Like I think I think he can be quick laterally. Like he hasn't looked quick laterally, but he I think he can be. He just hasn't been like it's kind of like Kevin Porter Jr. The first two years of his career, he just didn't put that effort in, and and like I think. Um, as time goes on, like that's that's probably one of the biggest things he needs to work on. I think the coaching staff is probably drilling film into him. Like, here's where you messed up. Here's where you messed up, and like that's probably something that he 
you know, as as the years go along, he needs to make a big stride in. Another big another thing that I feel like he needs to make a big stride in is like his strength. Like he is really, really weak. Like yeah. and his frame is really small. And like when he goes to the rim, like you mentioned the game being too fast for him and like him blowing layups. So he blows a lot of layups and he gets I, I don't know how, how else to say this. He gets the <laughs> stuffed at the rim a lot. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he does that because like he he has like a very limited like layup package and like he can, he does all these contortions around the rim because he's scared to meet contact there. Yeah, like, and that's he, gonna improve, right? That, yeah, that, that's gonna improve. You you look at any NBA player under the uh, under the age of twenty one even, and you look at their bodies at that age, and you fast forward to the twenty four you know 24 to 30 range you go wow like what is this right like they look totally different um so that's going to improve that that just natural man strength that you gain as you get older uh that's going to improve but yeah th- that is something that he's lacking like in the golden state game um i think it's the third quarter where he he gets to the middle so easily i mean like he's just in the paint so easily he goes up and i forgot who it was on golden state he literally just grabbed the ball out of his hands. He just, yeah. like, he just goes, no, this is my ball. And he, it was just so clean and easy for that play. I forgot who it was. But, you know, stuff like that, you go, okay, that, but that you can improve on. Like, I want to, I'm always looking for things that what can't he improve on? And I think everything so far, it's all improvable, right? Like, it, it's all something that you can work on and give him some years because it's going to take time. It, it, it's rare for guys to be, coming out of the gate and just lighting up the league. It's so rare. Like it, it, all the greats, it takes time. Right. So it's just one of those things where we want, we want to see greatness right now, but you have to have patience. Yeah, and like the, the contortions around the rim where he's like trying to like fi- like finish through contact. I just I just wish like he would just go straight up more. Like I think mm-hmm. that's something you can improve on right now. Like you don't need strength and like a strength training and like a better body to do that. Just go straight up, lean into the contact, uh, try to draw the extra foul instead of trying to avoid it and finish in like a, a very awkward motion, right? Like he you like lean away from the basket or like add a euro step. Like this is this is a player that I feel like could benefit greatly from a, adding a euro step to his game mm-hmm. like of, of like avoid like when that second defender comes in he just gets lost like he, he panics and like he he does he does like weird stuff like he'll throw the ball away or like he'll again the court contort his body like instead of doing that go for a euro step or go straight into the body like that like that's that kind of stuff is something um he can, i think is definitely improvable uh and like you know the strength and stuff is like something that also plagues him on defense, right? Like bigger guys can take advantage of him, especially if he gets switched onto a big and like he has he has to defend a post up. He's gonna get he's gonna get eaten alive, right? He just can't handle that right now. And when you talk about like his ball handling, like he he needs to get better. He needs to tighten up that handle, right? But also like you'll see him sometimes like try to split a double a double team, right? Or like try to dribble through a defender because he has that lightning quick first step. And somebody will just grab the ball out of his hands because he's just not strong enough to retain it. Right. And like he can't like like that kind of stuff is something like like just over time, I think will get better as he builds out his body. His body is, I think, probably like it's staggering how weak he is. He has he's like one one hundred eighty pounds, and he's six six. Like that's pretty unexcusable. He needs to get to like two ten by the end of his career because uh, this is uh, this is really really plaguing him in a lot of areas yeah. in this game. Well, yeah, and just adding some of that strength to his frame, right? You look at John Morant right now. I keep going back to John Morant just because it's the easiest comparison in terms of build out, right? Because both guys 
John Morant, 6'3". Jalen Green is, you know, 6'4", 6'5", roughly. Um, and John Morant is 174 pounds right now. And John Morant is, it, it, look, he's lighting up the league. It took him three years to really just light it up, right? And he's having a great season right now. Um, so that's why I keep going back to the comparisons. I don't think they're similar players in terms of what they do. But in terms of body, right, like he's 174 pounds. But you look at him from year three right now to year one in jaw, and it, it, you can see a little bit more muscle. You can see a little bit more definition, right? And that will naturally come. And, and I think that is something where he it, he will get stronger. He will add a little bit more mass to his body as, as he grows as well. So th that is something that can improve. But you're right, playing through contact, trying to get that stuff down now, just so you know what it feels like, what it looks like, what the takeoff point is, where the strength needs to improve. I think that's something that he can definitely do right now. So in the offseason, he can work on it. So what's interesting is like I, I was talking about Jalen Green uh, a couple of days ago on Twitter. And while I was tweeting, the Bulls actually tweeted out a picture of Zach Levine in his rookie year with the Wolves and how he looks now. And his body is completely different, and like that's oh, a, yeah, like, like like he 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 really built out his frame like crazy, and like that's I think the, I love that compare. I love the Zach Levine comparison for ja for Jalen Green. I make it all the time. I think that's what he's that's what I see him be eventually becoming. And Zach built out his frame, got stronger, added functional strength. Right, he didn't just add a ton of weight just to add a ton of weight. Like it actually helped him in his game, and <clears throat> it it was like athletic strength. And like yeah. I, I like his body obviously benefited greatly. You look at you look at that picture. Um, it's 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 clear he's a completely different player and build than what he was then. Yeah, even uh, last night I was watching the Bulls and Bucks game because uh, I was I was like, man, I want to see this matchup uh, go down full strength almost. And they were showing you know Giannis in year one working out, and you're like, this dude is so skinny. And now you look at Giannis, and he's just. Uh, he's, he's incredible, right? Like physically. So guys will get better and guys will add weight. They will add that functional strength, as you mentioned with Levine. So, um, you know, that's something that takes time. Again, it just feels like this, the fan base and everyone just wants greatness right out the gate. It doesn't happen. It's hard. Like you got to give players time. Uh, you have to give them room to improve without stressing out. And, and you also have to go in with expectations, right? What were the expectations for this team this year? They weren't going to make the playoffs. They were going to win some games. Hopefully, it wasn't just going to be bad basketball every single night. Now, I think that winning streak, uh, uh, you know, earlier in the season kind of spoiled expectations. You're like, what? There's a chance they could sneak into the playoffs. Look how great they're playing. But come on, like it. I know that changed the expectations, but everyone relax, relax. And by the way, Alex Caruso last. Uh, so we're talking on a Saturday. Last night, um, when he was fouled by Grayson Allen, this just came out. He is going to have to get surgery on his right wrist from that fall. So there you go. Grayson Allen just doing dirty stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you, you know what's interesting? So like like before the, before the Jazz game, right? Like uh, the the jazz game on Wednesday, I was talking to my dad about Jalen Green, right? And you 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 know you know my dad, right? He's a former basketball coach. So like he was, he told me something that like I watched for in the jazz game. He told me like when things change in front of Green, he seems to panic, right? He seems to like mm -hmm. like 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 his brain goes to like a bunch of different places, and he he freezes a little bit. And I think that's something that can improve with the experience. I saw it in the Jazz game. I watched for it after he told me that, and I saw it. Like I saw it when like big men would come over to help in the lane. Like he would just kind of panic, and like I think that's something that game experience will help with, right? So oh, a lot, yeah. 
a lot of this is just like he's just like he's not he does he hasn't seen NBA level bigs before. Like so, if you look at how bigs are in the G League versus how bigs are in college, like college bigs are much bigger and more intimidating. And and that's something people told me as I used to watch Jalen Green stuff uh, from the Ignite. But I didn't really like you know I was like a G League slash NBA supremacist in that like I thought that like this is this is the highest level of basketball. Get the hell out of here with that college stuff, right? Like in reality, like it's it's a different game in that the the bigs that at the G League level are like really smaller wings that play mm-hmm. down a position. And in college, like we didn't get a chance to see him go up against bigger bigs. So now that he's seeing these more intimidating bigs in the NBA, he doesn't know what to do with it yet. So like that's kind of something that over time I think will correct itself. Yeah, and, and I think the experience of seeing different defenses, different traps, different ways teams are going to start playing him, um, that is also going to help a lot with his improvement, right? So certain ways... Like the Jazz played him totally different than Golden State, right? Because it seemed like Golden State, they were just like, cool, come on into the lane. We're just waiting for you. Come on, let's see if you can do anything. So those traps are going to change as well. And when you get that into your your, uh, knowledge, you go, okay, you know, this team tends to play this way or this big guy tends to come out from a trap on the right side and is better laterally to the right side as opposed to the left. So I can beat him around the corner. Like those little things, it takes experience. And, and, And again, we're still, you know, he hasn't even played 50 full games yet, right? So it's just going to get better and better. So here's the money question, right? So, like, if you were in favor of selecting Grant number two, and as you said, like, I was, I was in favor of selecting Mobley, if you, if you were give, if you were the Rockets and you were given a time machine and you could go back to July 29th, would you still select Jalen Green at number two or would you go for someone like Scotty Barnes or Mobley <laughs> or Wagner? Do I have the knowledge that? Christian Wood is most likely not going to be the guy here for the future because then I can, then I can draft knowing that okay, then I can probably trade Christian Wood and maybe that's an exercise they should have done anyways, right? Um, before the draft, so it just depends on that, right? Because yes, I would do it because of the Christian Wood factor, but if you gave me an option with today's NBA, you go big guy or guard, I always take guard. Like until the trend changes where guards are not the the dominant players on the court, ball heavy, and they're the ones making the big plays when it matters and most offenses go through them um, or winning offenses, I should say, because look, Joel Embiid's having a freaking monster year. Jokic is obviously doing what he's doing all the time now. Um, but when it comes down to like winning teams, you go, okay, guards, right? So that's why I would still take him because of the guard factor, but from a GM perspective, I go, man, it'd be nice to have Mobley right now because then you can trade Wood for something else. Yeah, uh, here's what I say. Like, so I, I, I was in favor of selecting Mobley. I guess the question for me is like, I had, I had Green fourth on my board, right? I had Jalen Green. I, I had it, Cade Cunningham. Um, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, and then Jalen Green. I guess the question is like, would I select someone else ahead of Jalen Green? Like, do I move him down a position? Like, do I look at Franz Wagner? Do I look at uh, Scotty Barnes? Do I look at anybody else that I might want to put ahead of Green and and drop him down? Yeah, I think I would select Scotty Barnes ahead of Green. Barnes pro- is yeah. I, I'd probably drop <laughs> Green down to fifth. And I, I still think he's worthy of a top five selection. I think I'd probably add Scotty Barnes in that tier that Green was selected in. And I'd probably move Mobley up to tier one because he's looked like a tier one guy along with Kate. Yeah, yeah. and Scotty Barnes is, is the same where you go, 
man, like just the freak athleticism, the way he moves on the court, man, it's going to be nasty once he just, once he gets everything down, experience, figures it all out even more, man, that's going to be scary. And, and I still, and I, by the way, I still feel that way about Jalen Green. Like, I think once you give him some time, let's like regroup and let's have this conversation, of course, at the end of the year, next year, year two, midseason, year two. And then year three is where I like expect him to be that guy because uh, it, it just takes a little bit longer with guards. Uh, but once they get it down, man, like they're game changers. Uh, they're the ones that will win you basketball games when it matters the most and get you deep runs into the playoffs. Yeah, like I, I, I still think he's gonna be an all star. Like, I, like I, I haven't, yeah. I haven't changed on that. I, I still think, like, I, I look at him. I think Zach Levine. Like, I think that's what he's gonna become. Nothing's really changed on that. What's really changed is my perception of these other guys. That's that, that's that's yeah. the only thing, right? And like, you can't really fault him for that, right? That's that's just other guys ex- exceeding your expectations. And like, you look at maybe you can fault the Rockets for not seeing that like in other guys, but like, I don't think as far as Green himself, he's still a very good prospect. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like, I, I think, I think we've talked enough about him. Like, I, like, when I look at Jalen Green, like, I, again, like, I'm, I'm not underwhelmed or like exceed, like, ecstatic. I'm, I'm fine. Like, I think I'm, I'm, nothing has changed from like how I view him. It's just how, it's just everything about how I view other people around him. Uh, you know, I, I've learned some new things about his game. Like, he was, he's a lot weaker than I may have expected. But he's also to counteract that, he's also a better passer than I might have expected. Right. Like, so, so, like. You know, like I on the balance about the same level of prospect, and uh, when you look at like building out the the Rockets as a long term, you know, if they, I'm assuming they're trying to become a championship contender again. This is a nice asset that they've picked up in the draft. Absolutely, and I, and I think he can still flourish into being, you know, either the guy or number two, right? And and see where that goes because he just has so many tools. He has. He just has everything that you want in a young player, and you go, okay, if he puts it together, then we're we're in a good place. And that number two pick was valid, and it was worth it. So that that, but see that question, we just can't answer until we get more more tape on him and more time, and and then we can make the determination that okay, he was a bust, or he wasn't worth being the number two pick, or he wasn't the guy, or he is the guy. So it's just you know, again, it just takes time. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Like as far as like like the time machine question I mentioned, it's probably a little unfair because again, it's only been we're only halfway through the NBA season, and like you, this takes about two or three years. Like a lot of people were yeah. were, for, were foregoing Trey Young as a bust halfway through the season, and then he went off in the second half of his for of his rookie year, and then we had to completely quickly reevaluate that, right? Like, like yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, like I, I think this kind of stuff is like like it's real. It's really premature to go back and be like. And make definitive claims. I don't think we did that. I don't think we made it, we made anything definitive. I think we we just tweaked our evaluation of him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, listen, I, I really enjoyed having you on. Can you plug where we can find you on Twitter and other uh, your work, your, your work more generally? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Raheel Doing Things. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Raheel. Uh, you can find all my work on there. You'll see me you know, sharing links. I do stuff with Golden Nuggets Sports. Uh, I'm starting back up the season with the Houston Sabercats, which is the professional rugby team here. I do their stadium host and TV hosting on AT&T Sportsnet Southwest. So you can find my work all over. And uh, thank you again for having me on. For sure. I'll talk to you down the line.